What's good? You already know who it is, and if you don't know who it is, it's your man Leon Benson, aka Leon Genesis, aka your mom's favorite personal trainer, aka let's get it, aka let's work, aka always working, aka Features Thompson in the building. What it do? We back at it again, man. This is episode 122 season three of the passion purpose perspective podcast by yours truly we out here we working it's sunday fun day october 3rd oh my bad october 23rd 2022 man all right so last episode we discussed eight signs of doing too much cardio in the gym and then we got into some finance stuff and we talked about, uh, once again, we're still on income statements. Um, and next up on the list was selling general and administrative expenses. So if you want to go back into the feed, you can check out episode 121 to get all of the details on that. Now, today, we're going to discuss some fitness stuff that is kind of hilarious um just in a sarcastic way i guess i don't know but anyway yeah man let's talk about it so i'm online i'm looking around for something interesting to talk about um and i found an article that goes something along the lines of a former military trainer says all you need is 9 minutes of exercise a day you don't have to rewind it you don't have to stop you heard me correctly a former military trainer says all you need is nine minutes of exercise a day what what nine minutes like come on man what is we talking about here um yeah man let's just Let's talk about this. So this was on insider.com. And this guy's name is Mark Lauren. Um, So the only thing that I truly know about this man is that, okay, apparently he was a, mil- a former military trainer. But the fact that he says you only need nine minutes of exercise a day is just like, What? I don't even know. But anyway, I honestly, I didn't even go into too many details in the article as far as just digging into it and seeing what the hell he was talking about. But basically, one of his examples of a workout was, number one, some glute bridges. Number two, some starfish twist. And then number three was bottom squats. But then he goes on to say it's also good to to build a foundation first. How the hell can you build a foundation in nine minutes? What 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 are you building in nine minutes? Like I could barely break a sweat in nine minutes unless I'm trying to like, you know, get a good one mile time or something like that. It's just like what? So looking at a more realistic view of this, you're not going to drastically make 
you know, huge changes in the gym or, or, you know, just with improving certain parts of your body in, in only nine minutes. Now, granted, there are, there are, you know, like circuit style training exercises that you can do, or like I mentioned earlier, maybe, maybe if you're a runner, okay, nine minutes, that's, that's, that's a legitimate amount of time. If you're running a very short distance and you've got high intensity, but that's just cardio. Um, but we're going to go back to the cardio in a second. So here's, here's my counter, uh, argument for only needing nine minutes of exercise a day. There are countless articles. There are many, uh, experts, different trainers, you know, different academics in the world of fitness, in the world of health and, and overall well-being that suggests that 150 to 300 minutes of exercise per week, that that's the threshold. That is an effective amount of time, not nine minutes, but 150 minutes between 150 and 300 minutes per week of moderate to intensity exercise every single week. So doing a little bit of math, which I suck at, even if you divide 150 minutes into seven days, that comes out to roughly 21 and a half, well, a little under 21 and a half minutes a day. But this former military trainer says all it takes is nine minutes a day. On what earth, on what planet, on what, like what? In what universe, bro? Nine minutes, you're not going to build a chiseled physique. In nine minutes, you're not going to substantially, you know, or significantly change the trajectory of, you know, your your health and well-being. You're, you, you know, you might make a tiny bit of progress, but nine minutes a day? Like, What? I don't even understand his logic behind it. And I know some of his, uh, some of his argument or just some of his reasoning, like I said, I didn't read too much into the article, but basically he was just saying like, you know, oh, it's not necessary to be in a gym for 45 minutes, an hour or whatever the hell he was saying. He basically trying to find a way to completely just hack into, you know, what it takes to build an ideal physique, what it takes for for individuals like you and me to get to, you know, just a level of, of overall satisfaction with, you know, with our physiques and with our level of fitness. And it's just like, what? Meanwhile, experts suggest 150 minutes or 350 minutes per week, which again, if you're, if you're trying to get in 150 minutes a week, that's 21 minutes a day, a little over 21 minutes per day of exercise. But for some reason, I guess being a former military trainer gives this guy permission to come up with ludicrous ass ideas that nine minutes of glute bridges and starfish twist and bottom squats is the key to, to, health and well-being that's the key to just overall fitness like what like bro come on man 
It takes me, you know, nine minutes to eat breakfast. You want me to do a whole workout and think that it's going to be sufficient and think that it's going to be effective enough to, to allow me to reach my goals over the long term? Nine minutes? Right now, this podcast, we're at eight minutes and 17 seconds. And I haven't even gotten to the rest of the fitness segment yet. Mind you, I have to do another segment on finance after this. We just getting started. Like, yo, what? Nine minutes. It's just like, come on, man. So already, like I'm looking at the timer right now on my recorder. Eight minutes, 41 seconds. So we got a couple seconds left. I would have to end the episode right here and you wouldn't even get like the rest of the message. But this guy wants you to do an entire, apparently, he wants you to do some glute bridges, some starfish twists and bottom squats and call it a day. Like, what the hell? But anyway, let's let's keep going. So, for me, it's just like, okay, maybe this guy knows something that none of us know. That might be one thing. I just have a very, very hard time believing in this nine-minute nonsense. Um, and something else that was... Uh, interesting to me is it's like, yo, where's the fucking cardio at, bro? Where's the cardio? Where's the cardio? Where's the cardiovascular uh, portion of the workout? Glute bridges, starfish twist, bottom squats. None of that is cardio. Can you manipulate those three movements in a way that will get your heart rate, you know, elevated, you know, for you to maybe possibly break a sweat? Yes. But I mean, these three movements is just not going to be enough. And only nine minutes, nine minutes, nine minutes, he said. I really feel like this was a clickbait article. This was just something to get people interested like me to talk about or whoever else to talk about. Maybe they're trying to go after Greg and get him pissed off about it. I have no idea, but it's this kind of shit that's like irritating nine minutes for you to get in shape no that's not how this shit works it's not how it works at all like no nine minutes is not enough time you can take nine minutes to warm up to get ready for your workout but that's just a warm-up like what and again it's just like where's the where's the cardio at where's the cardio portion of the of the of the workout that's just one example of his workouts he hasn't given the whole thing apparently he's he's written a book about this and everything maybe i should buy the book and read it and see um because again maybe he knows something that that i don't know maybe he knows something that you don't know that none of us know it's just like that that nine minutes is all we need to get in shape like what 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 if you're training for a marathon what if you're training for a 10k um, what if you're training uh, to play rugby? What if you want to be an MMA fighter? What if you want to be a professional boxer? Um, what if, you know, I don't even know. Like, now, there are levels of, of fitness for certain individuals that nine minutes truly is all that they can push because of certain deficiencies, which there's nothing wrong with that. But he did not mention that in the article. He just was basically stating that nine minutes is all you need of exercise a day. Under what circumstance? Like, what's the body mass index of the individual that's that that's going to do this program? What's their basal metabolic rate? Like, 
do they have any pre-existing conditions? Um, are they like, are they really like extremely limited as far as their movement and their capabilities? Like, you know, do they not have as much dexterity? Do they not have as much agility, uh, flexibility? You know, maybe they have uh, a serious, uh, you know, just like maybe they have hypertension. I don't know. Like maybe they have high blood pressure. Maybe they have coronary heart disease and all they can do is nine minutes. Maybe they have respiratory problems. Could that be the case? Maybe they just have like, um, you know, some type of muscular deficiency or whatever the case may be. But at the same time, I shouldn't just only be looking at people that maybe are, you know, having like difficulties, you know, with things that maybe they can't control. The point I'm trying to make, and I'm not making it very well, but I'm still going to continue, is that nine minutes is not enough time for you to get in realistic shape. Nine minutes a day. You're you're barely going to be able to actually get into a fat-burning zone, whatever that zone may be, as far as just getting your heart rate up to ele- elevated enough level to where you start to actually break a sweat and actually get to really burn a significant amount of calories. It's like nine minutes. What? If I tried this, like, there's no way. I would have to be like absolutely starving in order to maintain some type of calorie deficit because I'm not able to burn enough calories in nine minutes, nine minutes, nine minutes, nine minutes. Like what? Some people take nine minutes just to put their clothes on and he expects us to get in shape in this short amount of time. Like, no, you could use this nine minute threshold as a way to warm up your body so that you can decrease the possibility of injury during training. Yes, you can do that, but a whole workout that's not involving moderate to intense cardio and you're only using your own body weight. Like that was another thing that I forgot to mention. Um, He was also saying that you only use body weight exercises nine minutes a day and that's all you need to get in shape. Like, no, 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 no. I'm not buying it. I'm not into it. There has to be a huge like discrepancy or manipulation, you know, or downfall somewhere. Somewhere you're neglecting some portion of your health and well-being, engaging in a program that only su- that suggests you only work out 9 minutes a day. Like what? 9 minutes. What? Nah. No. Like you wildin' fam, you bugging out. Talk about some nine minutes. Nah. That ain't how it works. Um, like I said, man, you can do the research, but there's 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 a lot of data out there that suggests 150 minutes per week, 300 minutes per week if you're advanced levels. That's 21 minutes. If you're doing if you're if you're exercising 150 minutes a week and you divide that up into 7 days that's 21.42 minutes a day. So you need a minimum of 21 minutes to get in shape to to really activate all of the various benefits that you can get from an exercise program or routine. 
nine minutes is just not gonna cut it on Un- unless and 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 even still like there's you're still gonna be holding your game unless you run for nine minutes a day now let's say you do this and this is where okay we could we could look at this and even still it's gonna sound dumb as hell but anyway because it's gonna negate what the hell he said but that's whatever that's beside the point but like okay if you're running or you're doing the exercise bike or the assault bike or maybe you're doing the ski erg or if you're doing the rower machine or if you're on the elliptical um yes nine minutes a day you could do it if it's intense and you're going hard maybe for three out of those seven days maybe four out of those seven days nine minutes on those machines from the time it says one second until until the ninth minute yes you will see some progress in the gym because those are all cardio based machines but there's also you know obviously you're utilizing some muscle groups you know to to help you push through those nine minutes on cardio machines but body weight exercise is only like and this was only one workout he he, i'm sure he has other workouts did i look at them no So maybe I'm just completely wrong here. But for me, it's just like, man, I've been exercising for, you know, 20 plus years. And have there been days when I went to the gym for 15 minutes? Yes. But was I doing only bodyweight exercises? No. I got on a cardio machine. Typically, back in the day, the elliptical. I'd bust my ass on the elliptical and try to burn, you know, 50 to 100 calories, you know, in, in under in under 10 minutes or just go as hard as I could go, you know, to burn 100 calories or whatever. I get off. I go do some weight training, but even still, it's like 15 minutes. There wasn't much that I could do. Maybe I could squeeze out, you know, two movements, you know, three sets each. But that's if I'm like really moving fast, like really hauling ass in a 15 minute workout. Now, if I only did cardio, if I only did the elliptical in 15 minutes, yes, I could break a sweat. I could, I could burn a decent amount of calories, but nothing substantial. But the problem is I'd have to do that, you know, again, seven days a week. But then what happens if I want to like build muscle and start like, uh, you know, going through some hypertrophy workouts, doing some weight training, and I only have 15 minutes. Like it's, it gets to a point where it just becomes completely ineffective because you're missing so many other key elements to a fitness program. Nine minutes of body weight exercises. Ain't no, you can't not, you're not finna sit here and convince me that that's a, that that's sufficient. It's not sufficient. It's just not sufficient. Now, again, it's going to depend on so many different elements. It's going to depend on so many different factors. For each person, it's different. For some people, I understand that all they can do is nine minutes. Now, if that's the case, this might be the perfect thing for you. But to to throw out a blanket statement saying that all you need is nine minutes of exercise a day is just absolute bullshit. You need more than nine minutes a day of exercise. Again, minimum 
150 minutes per week. That's 21.42 minutes, seven days a week to get in a legitimate, moderate to intense level of training to where you can actually make some progress, especially if you throw in a calorie deficit if you're trying to lose weight or a calorie surplus if you're trying to gain weight, coupling that with maybe some resistance training mixed in with some body weight exercises, mixed in with some cardiovascular endurance in order to strengthen your heart, um, which is obviously one of the most important muscles. Shout out to Greg Doucette. But only nine minutes a day is bullshit. It's bullshit. And that's just the bottom line. Like, y'all can go and do your research. Y'all can do your Googles. You guys can look at, you know, National Academy of Sports Medicine. You can look at the International uh, Sports and Sciences Association. You can look at ACE programs. You can, you can, shit, you can walk into a college campus, you know, and check out the kinesiology uh, programs maybe that they have. Like, come on, man. Nine minutes a day only to get into like legitimate shape. Nah, that don't sound right to me. Um, but I honestly feel like it did the trick in terms of me talking about it. So he got, he got, at least he got me to talk about it anyway, but I think it's bullshit. Like this episode right now has been going on for 21 minutes. That's how, that's how long you should be working out at a minimum level. If you're a beginner, if you're at the standard, even if you're at the most advanced levels and you got a busy ass schedule, as long as you've been listening to this so far, that's how long you should be working out. At least 21 minutes and some change. Not no fucking nine minutes a day. You're not going to do much in nine minutes a day. Again, if it's only cardio, I'll give it to you. You can, you can, you can run for nine minutes a day and you can, uh, you can manipulate the intensities. Sometimes you go, you know, just go kind of average whatever, maybe 50% of your, uh, of your, I don't know, just of your effort or just, you know, working up your VO2 max or just working up at a certain level at your heart rate, maybe 52% of your heart rate or maybe 25% of your heart rate. But then other days you can run for nine minutes and really just try to like almost sprint the entire time or at least at the halfway point that. I can believe in that I can buy into, but even still you're missing out on weight training, the resistance training, you know, uh, and even just the various types of benefits that you get from just isolated movements in the gym. Again, coupled with body weight exercises, coupled with a warm up, coupled with a cool down. It's just like, you're not warming up, cooling down or excuse me, you're not warming up getting into a workout and then cooling down in nine minutes and doing that effectively. There's just no way. There's no way you would have to have warmed up before the nine minutes began. Do the nine minutes workout. Don't waste any of those nine minutes and then cool down after that nine minutes. And even then you obviously know that's way beyond the nine minutes. So it's just goofy shit like this online that sometimes you see and you and you got to you got to mention it. So, yeah, you're not going to get an effective workout routine in nine minutes a day. No, you need more than nine minutes. Like I said, 20, 21 minutes, 21.42 minutes a day, seven days a week is is that's going to that's going to benefit you over the long term. 
and again, that's going to depend on your level of fitness. It's going to depend on your uh, on your basal metabolic rate. It's going to depend on your body mass index. It's going to depend on any pregenetic dispositions that you may have. You know, uh, it's going to depend on you know joint and knee systems. Like, have you had any surgeries or whatever? Like, it's just or any type of medications that you might be on. It's going to depend on so many different factors for each individual person. It's going to be different. But twenty one minutes a day is ideal so don't listen to bullshit like all you need is nine minutes of exercise a day body weight exercises only that goofy ass shit like man pardon my french but that's some goofy ass shit right there that's goofy now have like i said i've gone into the gym and i've trained for 15 minutes you know just because that was all i had at the time and i didn't want to skip training um but that most of the time was a cardio-based workout. Like I said, I would go in and I would do the elliptical for 15 minutes, but I would bust my ass that whole entire 15 minutes. I barely warmed up, which which again, that's what I'm saying. It's just unrealistic to think that you can, you know, go into your backyard or wake up, you know, in the middle of your bedroom or in your living room or even waste time going to the gym for nine minutes of training and thinking that that's going to allow you to reach your goals. It's not. It's not. There's so many other factors that you have to incorporate. And this man did not say shit about cardio. Maybe I missed it. Maybe I'm going to go back and read the article again. But it's just like, bro, bodyweight exercise is only for nine minutes? Nah. Where's the cardiovascular endurance? Where's the cardio at? It's not there. Like, you're not finna bodyweight exercise yourself into having a stronger heart, better uh, better endurance, increasing your VO2 max. You're not finna just, in nine minutes, build the craziest muscular physique. Like, nah, nah, I ain't buying it. 21 minutes a day, minimum, bare minimum. And then we can start talking about some, some, some nine minute, fucking nine minutes. So ridiculous, man. But anyway, man. That's crazy. It takes me nine minutes to wipe my ass. Like, and you want me to do a whole workout? Like, what? Come on, bro. Like, eh. Crazy. Crazy. But anyway, that is, that's really all I wanted to say about that. So that pretty much wraps up the fitness portion of today's episode so if you enjoyed this make sure you download rate comment and subscribe to the podcast we got more episodes on the way man now getting into the finance portion of today's episode man um we are still talking about consolidated income statements and now we're going to break down r&d aka research and development but before we do that i just want to give some tidbits on just the market in general and some things that have been happening in the economy as of late. And then we'll get into the meat and potatoes. So the S&P 500 at the close on Friday was at 3,752.75 points or 22.11% off of its January 4th, 52 week highs. So we're still in a bear market, all right. We're what we're 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 well below twenty percent declines in the S and P five hundred. On top of this, oh, also too, let me give some, let me give a little context. So previously, let me see if I can go back in my notes really quickly. 
Oh, yes. Okay, so this is why this is interesting. So, again, to, uh, on Friday, S&P 500 was at 3,752.75. The week before that, it was at 3,583.07. So, last week, it was down 25 and a, over 25.5%. Over this week, it ticked up a little, but and it was only down 22%. So, yeah, that was basically a bit of a rally. Um, I'm not exactly sure where that rally came from, but doing a little bit of research on that, some analysts and experts were suggesting that investors were were thinking or are thinking that the Federal Reserve might not do a 75 uh, basis point rate hike. And with that, I guess that kind of excited the market. Another thing is... Um, it's earnings season, so a lot of the the big companies, especially in tech, they are basically showing their numbers for the previous quarter and what they're doing financially, um, in terms of looking at 10K reports, annual reports, not 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 10K reports, excuse me, um, 8K reports and 10Q reports. So just quarterly reports, um, what they've done over the last quarter, and typically what happens in the market uh, is. Some very, very, very large companies that make up a substantial percentage of the S&P 500 index, they'll have positive earnings that will come out. And because of that, the market will rally because people will get excited about that company. They'll buy the stock um, in droves, just in, in large clumps and a lot of volume. And of course, the price will spike or it will rally to the upside. And then in other cases, when earnings comes out, when earnings come out for another company and that company doesn't do as well or it misses its its projections or what people thought it would do, people get negative, people get shitty, they get in a bad mood, they don't like it, so they sell off large quantities of the stock that did not beat their earnings report. It drives the prices down, and that's why sometimes you'll see the market fall uh, significantly, but in this case, the market rallied, um, and apparently, for whatever reason, people or investors may or may not think, hey, look, maybe the Fed's not going to do 75 basis points. Maybe they're not going to keep hiking rates. Maybe they're going to pause. Maybe they're going to pivot. Maybe they're going to cut. So let's let's price that in. Let's anticipate that. And when they anticipate that, they basically make different moves. Um, according to that. So sometimes that's why you will see a rally or an uptick. Another thing might be too, um, and I don't know what the percentage is, but a lot of people engage in options trading and they have OPEX. So basically OPEX is just when options expire. When they expire, you've either got to collect money that you've made or you've got to cut your losses. So if you're cutting losses, that means you have to sell out. You have to sell to close a position. Um, so if a lot of people are selling to close a position, that is another reason why you might see significant downturns in the market. But in a different scenario, you might see a rally if people have to, to buy to open or buy to close or sell to close, um, depending on what type of options they engage in. But I'm not an expert on options at all. Um, these are just some things that I've come across in my research and development in some of my studies that I can see, oh, these are some of the patterns that cause these, you know, bear market rallies, so to speak. 
um, because basically that's all that this really is, is a bear market rally. We are, like I said, 22, over 22% down from, you know, previous highs of this year. And that's a bear market. Bear market is when the market falls 20% or more um, as far as the S&P 500 is concerned. So we're not anywhere near close to being back to normal or whatever the case may be, especially when you look at the housing market, especially when you look at the jobs market, especially when you look at, uh, you know, unemployment rates, um, especially when you look at, you know, just where we are with GDP, where we are, you know, with geopolitical issues um, and just where we are in comparison to, to, to last year, um, when there was like so much quantitative easing, et cetera, et cetera. Like, man, there's just so many different dynamics, um, to what's, to what's been happening in the market. Um, but anyway, continuing on some other things that, uh, I, I picked up was, uh, the labor market is definitely still super tight. So according to the Bureau of Labor and Statistics, September jobless rates are down in 11 states and up in nine states. Payroll jobs are up in nine states and down in one. Unemployment was essentially unchanged in 40 states. And I think for the Federal Reserve, that is one of the main reasons why they probably will continue to increase interest rates. On top of that... um is inflation. So let's go into that. Essentially, the Fed will most likely give us another rate hike of 75 basis points to stop demand and to slow down the labor market, eventually putting a stop to inflation, which is still at 8.2% as of September, according to the BLS. So yeah, man, they really, really, really want inflation to come down. And as I've said in previous episodes, inflation, it's well, it's over 8% still. And their neutral rate where where they feel like the labor market and price stabilization is going to be is 2%. We're way, 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 way off from that. So we probably got a lot more damage to go. I don't see them cutting rates anytime soon. I don't see them pivoting anytime soon. I will be very shocked. And I'm new to this. I'm very new to the game. I'm a rookie in the game. It's my second year into this. But, I, you know, just like I said, with all the research and, and you know, and, and analysis that I've done, it just it's it's not going to make sense for them to pivot or to or to pause uh, rate hikes. There's again there. They haven't done enough damage. Not saying that I want them to do the damage, but it's just what has to happen according to what's been going on. Um, and, you know, yeah, the market can't rally for forever or, and it can't rally uh, in perpetuity. Like it's it's going to go up and down. It, it has ebbs and flows. Um, so, yeah, in my stank ass, funky ass opinion, they are going to continue to increase uh, increase interest rates until the Fed funds rate, you know, is just busting through the ceiling and, and and then, yeah, some of these companies, you know, God forbid, any companies that you and I work for, they're going to start probably uh, laying people off, you know, in groves and droves. That'll that'll really start to hurt the economy. Eventually, it slows down demand, starts pushing, uh, you know, companies start pushing prices down because nobody's buying. And then they've got all the supplies on the shelves from there. It's like, OK, the discounts are back. In regards to, you know, holiday seasons or just whatever from there, you know, everybody might, you know, 
just look to to get back into get back into the market or or you know try to start finding jobs again or people that already have income um that are above the poverty line yeah they'll be they'll be back buying buying goods and services when those prices start to fall and then it just the cycle starts again but i don't know man that's just like a random you know ridiculously uneducated observation of what could happen but honestly i feel like again none of us really know maybe the mathematicians know who knows um but we're probably due for a recession and with a recession stocks may go on sale or become extremely cheap so if that's the case then researching potential businesses to add to your portfolio might mean that analyzing an annual report or a 10k report um uh, that will be something that you would actually want to do in the case of cheaper equities or cheaper stocks or aka cheaper businesses to buy. So that leads us into our next clue when valuing a business, which, like I said earlier, we're looking at today research and development. So what the hell is research and development or what the hell is R&D? Essentially, research and development is cost for developing new products, which helps beat out or one up the competition. Companies that reinvest some of their capital back into research and development are likely to do it, um, are likely to do what it takes to continue growing and, and trying to gain market share. Um, so other research and development expenses might be used for acquisitions and divestitures, aka when bigger companies buy smaller companies or a parent company sells one of its divisions, one of its segments, um, or it sells one of its previous acquisitions to free up capital or to narrow the company's focus. Um, and another thing too, is sometimes a business, they will buy another company and that business won't do as good. So the, the, the larger company that purchased them, they will sell that business, um, shortly after its acquisition. And then, um, just one other thing that I actually jotted down was um, reasons that companies will invest money into research and development is to try to enter into a new geographical territory. So for for an example, if I have OK, I have let's say I have a, a T-shirt business and let's just pretend that California is. Matter of fact, let's make it even even simpler. So let's pretend that California is the, you know, well, yeah, let's just make it even simpler than that. So California is the state, right? I started t-shirt business. My, uh, my demographic, my main demographic, um, or my geographical, you know, area that I, that I, you know, do my sales in is, is San Diego. But I want to increase my market share. I want to gain market share. I want to gain more customers. Um, I want to have more reach. Um, you know, I want to broaden my horizon. I want the business to expand. Uh, this is just a generic example. So maybe there's a smaller t-shirt company than mine that I notice in the Los Angeles area. So I see the price of it. I look at the metrics. I, I, I analyze, you know, all of their all of their income statements, um, and I like what I see. They have a lot of reach in the Los Angeles area. Okay, I'm like, look, we got the money to do this. If we if we buy this, if we buy this LA division, 
man, it might really help us out in the long term. We might really start to gain market share. We might really start to grow and broaden our horizons because expansion is what we're into right now. Um, you know, we're a small growth company, et cetera, et cetera. So I would buy the LA uh, location, which essentially would become, if I was a big business, it would become an acquisition. And then from there, the idea would be to try to just build the brand and get it more popular, not only in San Diego, but also in Los Angeles. Um, so that is a way that from a geo, uh, geographical perspective, what companies will also do, they'll try to buy smaller companies, um, in order to get a leg up on the competition. Um, and then in other terms, they'll try to get into other areas, whether it's other countries or other, uh, other domestic areas, maybe other towns, other cities, other States, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, essentially you always want businesses to be investing in research and development. Um, but you also want to make sure that their return on invested capital is increasing over time, or at least it remains, you know, at a relatively, you know, efficient or sufficient level. Meaning that for every dollar that a company invests, you want them to be able to generate more than a dollar of value. And that's something that I've gleaned from Warren Buffett um, in some of his teachings is basically the idea is to for every dollar that you invest, you want to be able to generate more than a dollar of value, not only for your business and for the owners, but also for the shareholders. That's the name of the game. Investing money now to get more money back later, depending on. The cost of capital, depending on interest rates, depending on the rate of inflation, depending on, you know, even what what your capital is denominated in. Is it in yens? Is it in euros? Is it in pesos? Is it in uh, U.S. dollars? Like, what is it in? Because that's also another thing that you have to consider uh, in regards to maybe if you're trying to expand internationally um, as far as like exchange rates and, and different things like that. But that's beside the point. You definitely want to make sure that a company is focused on either, you know, maintaining what is working and developing what is already working, or you want them to be possibly be expanding depending on what industry, what sector, depending on the business model, et cetera, et cetera. But essentially, you want the company to constantly be getting better over time. And, and a way for them to do that is by investing capital into research and development, which again, call, um, research and development is the cost for developing new products, which helps to beat out the competition. Um, and it just, it makes the business better. So yeah, man, that's a lot of information, but that's pretty much it. So yeah, any, any, for me, like I said, man, uh, well, I haven't said it yet, but basically like when I'm doing research or analyzing a potential company that I want to acquire or buy, I do like to briefly run my eyes over the research and development expenses of a business because I want to make sure that they're reinvesting in themselves because that shows that the management of the company believes in their products. They believe in who they are. Um, and they're confident that they are going to get a return on that money that they are investing in order to, to develop new products, um, in order to gain market share or to expand, um, and also just getting rid of businesses that don't work. That is another very important component of research and development. Um, getting rid of 
ideas or getting rid of business segments um, or getting rid of different divisions and operations that are not succeeding um, to the liking of those managers. So, yeah, sometimes it's just about uh, divestitures or just, again, getting rid of businesses that you previously thought were going to be good, but they ended up turning into flops. So, yeah, it's just essentially, you know, getting rid of excess fat. You know, which goes hand in hand with what we talked about earlier today as far as, you know, just fitness, fitness and health and wealth and overall well-being. So, yeah, that was a nice little analogy, but I guess I'll wrap it up from there because I'm just rambling and rumbling. So, yeah, if you enjoyed today's portion of this podcast, make sure you download, rate, comment and subscribe to the podcast. We got more episodes on the way. Definitely appreciate the little bitty few listeners that we do have, Um, you know. We got episodes coming every single week and we're going to continue to grow every single week, no matter what. Um, just trying to stay consistent and trying to keep it interesting. So, again, if you enjoyed anything in today's episode, make sure you download, rate, comment and subscribe to the podcast. All right. We got more episodes on the way. Um, I will definitely see you guys next Sunday. So until then, you already know who it is. I'm not going to say it again. I'm out.